Welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep with me, your host, Grace Ann Helbig the First. Today we have Chris Gear. I know. I am pumped as much as you are. You know him from You Are the Worst. He's in Modern Family. He's in an upcoming curious Pokemon situation. We're going to get into that in a little bit. Also, turns out he is the greatest husband and father of all time. Um, so get ready to fall in love if you haven't already with the one and only Chris Gear on this episode of Not Too Deep. <laughs> So I love reality TV. I love trash television. Uh, and Moi aussi. What's that? I do as well. Oh, <laughs> we'll get there. Don't yeah, worry. We'll get <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know you guys have Gordy Shore, which blew my oh, mind. Towie. Love uh, Island. Love Island. I have to get into. I haven't even started yet, but I hear it's going gonna, it's gonna to take years away from my life as soon as I actually invest in it. Uh, but no, uh, Hard Knocks is like the closest I get to like following football because it shows like them in their training season. Yeah, a- and they are like children. They're yeah. like they're like teenagers, they but they're, they're in their mid twenties, early to mid twenties who've been handed everything. Yeah, Ev- and they've only had one focus their whole life. It's yeah. just the sport. And you question how much kind of guidance they've had, right? I mean, of course, taking their parents aside, like. How much of the uh, of their time is spent with with people who've experienced that kind of mm-hmm. lifestyle, and to use it to their best advantage? Because you see all these incredible players who kind of they they lose their way, right? And I think that happens in the acting profession as well. I mean, if you if you, I think if you hit a success too soon. That's your, yeah, it's your agent calling saying, don't get too deep already. (laughs) We just started the podcast. Exit, exit. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I think if you don't have someone that has wisdom, that has experience, that can provide Mm -hmm. you some alternative perspective on what you're doing. You can get carried away. Right, because they only know that this is exactly what they're going to do in their minds for the rest of their lives. And that's not realistic. It's like the sports equivalent of of a child actor. Basically, you yeah. Know, Did you do acting as a child? No. No. I'm actually really grateful I didn't actually. I was uh I didn't I didn't You had a childhood. Of, I had a childhood, yeah. I yeah. played sports you know, I I went and built tree houses and ran around in the you woods. You used your and, hands for yeah. <laughs> you had imagination. I did, I had imagination. I was into art and I was into um just inventing games mm-hmm. and creating you know, we used to play make internet. believe. Yeah, you yeah, didn't have didn't... internet to fill in all the blanks. You yes. had to create the blanks for yourself. You had to fill in the space between dinner and uh, and then going to bed. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that um, uh, that's what I'm trying to. My son's now nearly six. Yeah, I was going to. So you have and one he's son. This he's this generation, six. right? Yeah. So he's the the iPad that we that we allow him to have on special mm-hmm. occasions. He's sure. he's he's watching stuff, which is, of course, we're monitoring. Sure. And it's educational, it's informative or whatever, and it's fun, so yeah. we're combining all those things. But he would happily stay on it all week. Really? If we don't go, go outside. Well, because he's conditioned to that, right? Yeah. So it's, yeah, I remember seeing a video of like a two-year-old with a Time magazine swiping the pages like it was an iPad because yeah. uh, that's what the kid was conditioned to yeah. before it goes to bed. It just is a screen Smart. and you move things around. And I said to him like, um, why don't you go and build a fort? 
Like, he doesn't know what a fort is. Why would I build a fort? <laughs> I'm not even, you know, I've got a bed there. I'm, I'm, I'm inside anyway. I have shelter already. Why am I building a shelter within yeah. my shelter? Yeah. I'm not an idiot, Dad. Uh, why don't you build a fort? <laughs> Tell you what, you build a fort, I'll come and visit you. Yeah. Brilliant. Lovely. Uh, okay, well, this is what I want to ask you about football. Mm-hmm. Um I watched the Ronaldo documentary um, like a year ago uh-huh. and I loved it. Yeah. But then I showed it to my boyfriend and he was like, this is a puff piece. It's produced by Ronaldo. Like, this yeah. is insane. And then Ronaldo got his whole tax thing and all of that happened. Yeah. But that was a person that I was like, oh, he's playing this sport like for his dad. Like he's playing it for like a legacy, a legacy. Yeah. And also he's being a wonderful dad to like his son seemingly mm-hmm. in this, you know, documentary. And so it's, insane to me to watch them compete in world cup which only happens once every four years right yeah yeah and then watching all these people rally around these like mid 20 year olds mm-hmm. that are it, it, the pressure's insane yeah who in you know on the on in the majority they are in four years time when the next world cup rolls along they'll be past it right they're out of it so they know they've really only got one real stab at it one moment in time yeah Yeah. unless you're ronaldo because the guy's smart the guy's like the epitome of professionalism are you a ronaldo fan yeah i think he's are you messy or are you the the new guy i had to write this down because i just saw uh because mbappe no loke 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 the one that just isn't he the bad guy from thor Mm-hmm. Yeah, Loki from Thor. Um, he he's like, at the FIFA. He's get, so good. He's, like he's in goal. Uh, <laughs> and then he says this really passive aggressive mean thing about you under his breath. And it's just like very well acted. I don't know. Uh, but no, there's a new guy that completely destroyed their streak because he and Messi go back and forth for like player of the year. And so apparently some new guy won this year. Wow. Yeah. I miss this. It must have been. Well, uh, it's very, Ronaldo- very Recent, but Ronaldo yeah. and Messi have always been the kind of uh, the ones that clash. I think Messi's an outstanding talent that mm-hmm. is he's possibly the greatest player of all time. I think so simply because of how much how much of the pitch he covers. He's right. he's, he's exceptional. He's but quick. Ronaldo has been in three World Cups. Uh, misquote me on this. I think like four European Championships, mm-hmm. and he there was a picture that went out of him. With his shirt off after a goal celebration. What a with stretch! I've never seen so many packs. You could do your laundry on it. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And then in uh, some press thing, they they showed a picture of him from eight years ago. Uh-huh. He looks exactly the same. He did. Now yeah. eight years of maintaining that. I mean, I can go. I can go from quite fit to absolutely horrific in about a week. <laughs> So I don't know how how he maintains that. Like a couple of couple yeah. of chicken wings later, and you're like, oh, oh, oh no, yes. I got to that age. And apparently, what he does is uh, after each game, uh-huh. he's got a um, uh, what's, uh, he's got a cryotherapy lab. Yes, in his house. Yeah, so he freezes freezes up. himself for yeah. a little bit, and then always does two hundred lengths in his, of course, private swimming pool. Yeah. 
And uh, then he's got nutrition. He's got all the people behind him to I mean, help it's a simple that. formula, Chris. I don't know yeah. why you can't do it. <laughs> just pay it's, a gazillion people. Yeah, you just need to, a billion dollars. And then like, it's monitor easy. monitor every move. <laughs> it's easy. Um, mm. Did you lose your mind? I mean, because you live here now in Los Angeles. Yes. You've been here for how long now? I've been here, well, on and off for five years. We five still years. have, a, we have a base in England. Yeah. And then I come here for work. And uh, we, yeah, we're currently looking for houses to, make the big move to make the big move yeah. okay that's very yes. exciting which is exciting i think i needed well firstly we were lucky with the show that it, it went for five years because five years ago i didn't know it would right and then over that time i the main thing for me was that my wife and son were happy here yeah no that's two and very huge things yeah <laughs> huge. and that well, was the main thing yeah otherwise it would become a life of um them five thousand miles away yeah. Which I think we've we've handled exceptionally well and my wife is incredibly understanding and supportive. Um I don't mean to interrupt, but yeah. I did a little, you know, internet stalking as Go we all then. do. So Jennifer. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> no, so so Jennifer. I was drunk. Well, yeah. <laughs> Your wife. It is Jennifer, yes. Um her Instagram bio, and if this is a joke, it's very funny, but if it's if this is real, I, I need to know the story behind this. Okay. She's the 2018 Wedding Industry Awards national right. winner. Let me tell you about this. Please do. Right. Okay. So <laughs> she's um, a musician. She's a pianist. She's a pianist. Uh -huh. uh, she started off as a um, like working in bars and things, and then she went okay. and did like, uh, and then she became a jazz pianist. She's also classically trained. She's got incredible Amazing. voice and plays piano. She's wonderful played with bands uh, and solo work, then went into corporate, the corporate world, which obviously pays a lot better, sure. which then leads to the wedding world. And the wedding world is phenomenally large. I never appreciated how big the wedding business is. I mean, it when would you have a chance to? And <laughs> yeah, unless, unless you're there... You know, I've only been married once, but I, I remember the day <laughs> uh -huh. having a lot of people arranging things for us. Sure, yeah. Those people are part of a community where there, there's so much money and so much kind of uh, bespoke whatever sure. go, that goes into it that they've created this industry. So the wedding industry is like the, the national awards okay. for weddings. So we went to this place uh, last year where she was nominated, we went along for the free drinks. You because, know. Okay, so she was she was playing at weddings. She's she was like, playing at weddings, and then she submitted to become a part of the, the wedding industry solo artist of the year. Sure. All the brides and grooms that she performed for, some, you know, I don't know how many loads over right. that year, all voted for her. So she made the shortlist. Okay. We get to Café de Paris in London, Leicester Square. Uh-huh. We go there and I'm thinking it's going to be 10 people sat around going, hello, you do weddings as well. This is great. <laughs> Brilliant. How was, how was your wedding? No, there was thousands of people there. I was like, oh, my goodness. You had no idea. And it went everything from, next up, ladies and gentlemen, we have the award for best stationer. <laughs> and I'm going... Brilliant! This is this is great, and all the you know all the stationers yeah. who spent their whole life creating stationery for weddings are going. This is yeah. This is their Oscars. This is this it. This is is it. it. Yeah. And they win it, and they're like, oh! 
I did it two years in a row. Like that. And you're going, oh my goodness. And as it goes up, and obviously Jen's being like the, you know, the solo solo artist is like, you know, the best actress in a comedy. Yeah. It's one of the last ones. Oh, um, yeah. So we wait till one, the end. Yeah. Oh, I'm a little bit drunk, simply out of confusion at this point. <laughs> and, and, I'm, and I'm like, okay, well, here we go then. And uh, she says, oh, it's coming out. I mean, Jen's, she was very blasé about the whole thing. Sure. She was never super nervous. She was like, this is a bit hilarious, isn't it? Okay, um, good. And she wins. And there's all this other competition around the outside for, you know, other solo people yeah. who later will not speak to her oh, no. <laughs> because she's won this award. And she goes, she goes up that, you know, everyone goes, yes, you've done it. Cause everyone knows each other. Yeah. They're like actors and actresses that know each other. And she comes home with this trophy and it's now on top of the piano. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is, this is uh, wonderful. I, I mean, if you're going to, this is what Jen always says, if you're going to be a wedding singer, be the best in the country. Uh, be an award-winning <laughs> right? wedding singer. And I mean, of course, everyone loves award-winning, that whole world award-winning. Well, this is, I was like... You just like, get work from being award-winning. A thousand percent. I mean, I, I started out doing videography for weddings, uh -huh. like when I lived in New York a little bit. And There's so, an award for that. Uh, I didn't win it. I set my hair on fire with a votive candle one time. Uh, some of us don't win awards. Um, but <laughs> you're a bit accident prone, aren't you? It's quite lovely. Yeah, no, I, my, yeah, someone told me I Mr. Magoo my way through life, and that's like the most <laughs> accurate thing I've ever heard about myself. Uh, yeah. But I'm so happy that that wasn't a joke. I'm so happy that that's an actual no. award that she's, she's won. She's legit the best wedding singer in the country. Okay, so how, how does that, that um, balance the household now? Do you feel a little inferior? Oh, you have this become, award winning wife? Yeah, I haven't won an award. I think I won a swimming award when I was about 12. <laughs> <laughs> she's got all her trophies all lined up and I'm like oh just going back to America to try and is find she still performing one. I mean yeah. I'll have her on an episode solo so she can give me the whole yes <laughs> get her on an episode solo she would love that because I would love obviously to hear about being it. uh uh being in that kind of industry she can work anywhere this is one of yeah. the main draws why it's you know. the one international thing weddings yeah it's a very Who global wouldn't platform love a beautiful British pianist singer at your wedding I wish that she LA. just followed me around and let me when you're getting married Let's do it. Never a clock, but I'll call her <laughs> up. <laughs> um, okay, so I want to talk about You're the Worst, obviously. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to talk too much about it because this podcast is all about things that aren't deep and aren't like actually the things that people want to hear about. Has anyone from the cried guests. on this before? Um, I cry after sometimes, <laughs> but yeah. That's what, <laughs> you know, just check in with in, myself. It's all good. I do that in, in the car on the way home from work every day. Just, but, just questioning my performance. Yeah. <laughs> Allergies is what I call it. Yeah. Um, okay, so you finished, you wrapped, completely I shooting. I know. It, have you had a full handle on like the experience? Are you still in that state where you? it's hard to reflect on any of it because no, it's we, still fresh? I had a, a text exchange with Aya, who plays my co-star yesterday. Yeah. And both of us are feeling a little bit lost because... It is strange. Because you mentioned before, when you guys started this, you had no idea it would last five seasons. No, you had no idea, like, the audience it would garner. You had no idea, like, what your lives would end up being. And I'm sure yeah. you guys must have formed a very close bond with we, each other. We really did. And, you know, it's, it's always so cliche to say, oh, you've got a your family. But it is, you know, you, we, we, we built a relationship over five years. We all came in really nervous and excited and wanting to make the most of this amazing script. Yeah. And at the end of each season, we hugged each other as if to say, well, 
that was a good run. But we yeah. know what the current climate is like. People get the shows get axed, and you, the actors find out via Twitter. Yeah, you know that's that's how it is these days. So mm-hmm. to get the call five years running that we were going to come back was amazing. To know that we were going to finish on our terms is the rarest thing. In yeah, the world. I mean, you now you have to chase the dragon because yeah. that seems like. I mean, crew-wise, cast-wise, everyone that's there, it must feel... Everyone came back for the last season. Everyone really? that started uh, the the show, crew-wise, and uh, all came back because they wanted to finish where they started. Oh, that's and incredible. It was amazing. I'm getting emotional here. Right? <laughs> that's incredibly sweet. And so the, the, last, the last day, I mean, Desi, who plays Edgar, he was like, it's like moving out of a, uh, your family home mm. and you don't want to. Yeah. You, you just... You have to move. You have to move house. You <laughs> have to move up. place. The the lease is up, and and it's it's really really weird because I wrapped Modern Family in the in the same week, so it was saying goodbye to these these uh, these people I, I I loved a bit. Yeah. And this is the I think it's the trickiest part of the industry. Really, is that in betweeny bit. Well, that's what I was going to ask you because I mean I know being on set you. If you probably sit down and you mark out the amount of time that you've spent on set versus yeah. like at home, the majority is spent with these people yeah. on this show. And it, the in-between part is the weirdest part to me. It's yeah. like the most human part of it all where yeah. you guys now are no longer like going to a job every day with each other. But now mm-hmm. you get to like interact as friends and like yeah. keep up with each other just in life and wear what you want to wear and you're not yeah. in costume and you're not in makeup and you're not in a uh on a set right you go well, do you want to go for lunch what are we like if we get coffee with each other we're not <laughs> yeah. running lines with you like what does that world look like and it's it's very strange there was a uh, Aya's best friend is uh actress uh betty gilpin mm-hmm. who's in glow and she wrote this wonderful article recently about about the difference between how how strange it is when you are working and how difficult it is when you're not because you yeah. you go from I mean that's on set you have a you have a trailer and mm-hmm. a PA and yeah. all these people that are rushing around to let's be honest make sure that you're in the right place at the right time mm-hmm. that's what they're doing yeah and but it's it's exciting and you go oh i'd love a coffee please that would be lovely i normally make it myself now you're making me one this is <laughs> this is this is wonderful yeah. thank you very much and you enjoy that and then suddenly you finish and no one really cares no one no one's there no one right. tells you what you should be doing where you should be doing how you should be standing what you should be saying all this and then you have to train yourself to become individual again. A human again. <laughs> a human again. Yeah. Because in a way, you're kind of, you, you, you're, you're manipulated into whatever the production needs you to be. Right. And as glamorous and, uh, and lucky well, that is. You're playing your part in the system that's, you know, operating with so many parts to it's it. It's a business. Yeah. And, and you go, oh, right, okay. So when we got to the rap party and everyone's there and everyone lets their hair down and we're like, yeah. Actually, no, do you know what? Work aside, I'm really fond of you. I really <laughs> like. I really like you all, and this, it, that's what was sad. Knowing that we're not going to have that massive group dyma- dynamic again. Uh-huh. Yeah, we'll bump into each other again, but and arrange to meet up. But optimistically speaking, you didn't have the moment of like, I cannot wait to get away from you. There all are of people you. that do that. Yeah, and I- rap parties are like. <laughs> I always call it. 
I always call it like <laughs> 11 p.m. Once you've got past the niceties and then yeah. they, and they show the the gag reel and maybe maybe a little snippet of the first episode so everyone can get excited. Nostalgia, yeah. The free drinks, oh, no, no, the free yeah. drinks are flowing, and then I call it. Gloves off hour. <laughs> where, where, you know, some where some dude from catering. Everyone's on the same level and everyone's allowed to say whatever. Never they- liked you. <laughs> they, they said you were a dick. You are. You know. And uh, luckily I've never been on the uh, on the wrong side of that. But it's uh yeah, it's But you get to see people as people and it's the truth uh, serum. Yeah, it's very, very much truth serum. But it seems like I mean the show feels cohesive enough and obviously like has such um uh, an engaged audience because it seems like you guys have real friendships on screen and off. Yeah. And I'm sorry that that's ending. <laughs> oh, no. I think I've learned, I've learned an awful lot from it in terms of, uh, they always, uh, you know, the press have very kindly always spoken about our chemistry as a four or as a two. And, mm-hmm. and uh, someone asked me once, like, how do, you, how do you make that chemistry? And, you know, people have always said it's, um, it's something that just happens or doesn't happen. I, I don't agree with that. I think that chemistry comes from whoever's involved really caring about what you're doing yeah because if you if you really care if you want to be there if you want to make the best of what you're doing that is chemistry mm-hmm. right that's the connection that you need like i work on sets on films or whatever sometimes and you can tell when someone's not there yeah when they're not 100% kind of involved in whatever they're doing mm-hmm. and it's, that's obvious these days cameras are too good they'll they'll notice Transparency and the idea that like this is your number one priority, that you're present and you care and that there is an equal level of caring. And that's like respect on a certain level. Like I respect you enough to care so much about this project as much as you do. Yeah. Well, it's all coming to an end. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> cheers. So cheers to the next. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we get back, I have some more very deep, hard-hitting, lighthearted questions for Chris Gear. We'll be right back with more Not Too Deep. Support for today's episode of Not Too Deep comes from Third Love. Using millions of real women's measurements, Third Love designs its bras with breast size and shape in mind for an impeccable fit and incredible feel. Just answer a few simple questions from Third Love's Fit Finder quiz to find your perfect fit. Third Love offers double the number of sizes that most brands offer, cups A through H and bands up to 48. And with light weight, memory foam cups, straps that won't slip, and tagless labels, you'll want to wear these soft and breathable bras and underwear every day, especially the new cotton t-shirt bras and underwear. But thanks to the 100% fit guarantee, returns and exchanges are free and easy. You guys know me. I'm a creature of comfort. I wear sports bras as if I play for like the women's soccer team. I don't. But when Third Love sent me some of their bras, I actually finally found some decent feminine feeling bras that also were incredibly comfortable and didn't make me feel um, like I had a weird underwire situation. You know, I mean, just go check it out. I highly recommend them. They know that there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering you beautiful listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash grace now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash grace for 15% off today. You guys, I think, have an easier lend to an American accent than I feel like I, anyone 
that is American unless they're very well trained. Uh, sounds like a cartoon yeah. or sounds like uh, rude doing an English accent. However, I do have some English friends that when I ask them, like, what's your American accent? Every single time I've asked uh, an English friend to do it, the sentence, whatever sentence they arbitrarily choose, mm-hmm. includes cheeseburger. In cheeseburger. It. Yeah. Cheeseburger. Hamburger. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That was the first word that. Is that I, the first one that you learned well. to get the Amer- hamburger? Hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm in. <laughs> yeah. can, but they should, do. I mean, America, uh, Americans often sound like. Uh, I mean, Beth does it as well, actually. Which is um, go and do a British accent. It's like, cool, blimey, like <laughs> something out of Oliver, you know, I, or Mary Poppins. Well, that, yeah, I I get called out because I, uh, I I my friends have called me out anytime I've gone to England that I um, mimic without knowing that I mimic and so I'll be uh-huh. like oh yeah like <laughs> I, so call me out if that happens during this all podcast you to, because you ask me a question with your best British accent oh boy <laughs> oh boy okay <laughs> <clears throat> what's your guilty pleasure <laughs> Right? That's really good. Really good. My guilty pleasure is hearing you do an English accent. I literally just got cast on Gordy Shore a second ago, so I'm really proud of that. My mom is proud. I went to college for that. Thank you. Oh, my God. You're from London. Yeah, I got... Spoilers, I got cut out of the Harry Potter series. I don't know why. (laughs) Weird. Um, But no, now in English, what is your guilty pleasure? What is my guilty pleasure? Uh, Probably cookery shows. Really? Okay, do you watch Great British Bake Off? Yeah. Okay, Mary Berry? Yeah, I don't think any British person is obsessed as the American public seem to be. They love it. Yeah, because your British baking shows, <laughs> aka Great British Bake Off, um, seems very refined, seems yeah. very respectful of people and like actually, um, I don't know, not um, exploitative in any way. No, where it's I just think a really gentle, sweet selection of it's gentle. people making cakes. Yeah, and then we have Guy Fieri that's like, rah, rah, rah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, this is how I got into cookery shows. I was watching, I think he's fantastic, a guy called Adam Richman who did uh, yeah, Man, Man vs. Food. food. Yeah, Amazing show. <laughs> but you know he can't do it anymore because he hurt his body so much doing yes. it. <laughs> I mean, it was abuse of the body. I mean, here we go. <laughs> I mean, that's... We've got a big one today. I'm going to try and do like 25,000 chicken wings in a day. <laughs> but that's and also... Like, this the is quintess- awful, but brilliant. The most American show of all time. Yeah. A man is going to hurt himself with irreversibly <laughs> physical damage yeah. just for the sake of entertainment. He's lost a ton of weight now. He's doing other projects. He's still into... <laughs> He's still into chicken wings, I think. But I, I mean, mean, that's 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 comforting. I think a guilty pleasure should be something that kind of distracts you from uh, your your normal life or, or, right. or the the broken world as it, as it is. I think <laughs> the the, um, the just cooking shows shows me. I mean, that there's some a therapy chefs, to it. There's a real therapy to it. I love yeah. cooking myself. I love it. But um, just just watching them the way that I mean, you can you can make stuff or you can make stuff that was the is, sign language that's asl american sign language for making stuff. it's quite sexy how they get you know they're cu- well, cutting this- herbs and then chucking them in a pan you're like this is good yeah, <laughs> well it's also fascinating too i have a couple friends um sorted food is their youtube channel and uh-huh. they um do cooking in you know in london 
And they're trying to make a big kind of uh, just kind of spotlight the fact that like English food gets a bad rap. Yeah. And but now it's kind of having like a moment, Mm -hmm. so to speak, where there's like restaurants and, you know, Jamie Oliver is really kind of like pushing. I think it's English. I still think English food is all right. I think the multicultural society of London Uh is now so good that the best chefs from Everywhere. Various countries are coming there and and widening our horizons, our mm-hmm. palates or whatever. Um, but I yeah. still respect that uh, an English breakfast, just beans on toast, is it's like good. the biggest cure of a hangover that I've yeah. ever had. So I it's, don't think you guys should change something that isn't broke. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We, we, we kind of like the, the kings and queens of slow cooking as well. <laughs> There's a lot of... I mean, you never... In 100 degree weather, Los Angeles, you don't you don't often crave a a stew or Comfort a casserole. Food, yeah. But in England, as it's raining most of the time, mm-hmm. if not snowing, you're looking for something that's that's really hearty. And right. I think that's where British food is is really good. Um, they they make stuff which is we're like the we're like the the head of hangover cures. You guys really, I mean, I respect like. London is a city that I would love to live in. It feels like a, a, a semi-sweeter New York City. Um, everyone also knows how to drink there appropriately. They start at 5, pubs close at 11. Everyone's up by 8, ready for their day jobs. Like, it's true, a fully I never funct- thought about it. Yeah. It's an amazingly functioning machine. You go to New York and they're like, we don't sleep ever. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. <laughs> or I went to Vegas recently. They really don't sleep there. Oh, That's what were you doing in mad. Vegas? Well, we'd finished the show, and it was my uh, best friend's 40th birthday, so I went and met him and his wife. Uh, I, I, I don't really think you could do more than 24 hours in Vegas without Absolutely questioning <laughs> your existence. Yeah, without losing part of your soul yeah. <laughs> to Vegas. It was a crazy place, but uh, speaking of food, the food there was incredible. I yeah, mean, they have everything. They, they have everything. They and do Los it. Angeles, they seem to open a new restaurant every, every day here. Uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah. If you leave your house, you find that out. If not, Postmates. <laughs> yeah, I know. Love you guys it. have Postmates in England? Nope. We don't have Postmates. We don't have Uber. Really? Uh, you don't have Uber? Well, I live I live in um, on the outskirts of Manchester. Got it. Okay. So there's there's no need for that. Right. And there's no need for food delivery services really anyway. It's like it's like we're in everyone's preparing for for war or something. <laughs> Everyone just buys loads and loads of tins of food and we stay in. What would you like tonight? We've got ca- tin carrots, tin peaches. What should we make? What about carrot a la peach? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's whack it together, put it in the oven. I mean... I think I think the British society like scared of like um, of stepping out of, of their feeling comfort comfortable. Of yeah. scared of trusting that things are going to be okay. Different, yeah. Oh, uh, I'm going to go first. I really got into Vietnamese over here. Some, okay, uh, pho? Like pho, which yeah. is delicious. It's it's kind of healthy. It's, it's great. I, yeah. I have it like two, three times a week sometimes. Okay. If I went back home and went, Mum, you need to try some uh, Vietnamese. Oh, no. <laughs> is, it, is, it in a, is it in a tin? Can we, uh, should we? Uh... Yeah, have you, has your family come over? Have they? Yeah, they, they, they come at different uh, times. I mean, it's, it's such a long way, Chris. It's such a long way. No. That's what they'll it's... say. Oh, yeah. They'll say to me. I'm like, it's not really. It's like a 10-hour flight. Oh, no. No, can't possibly. Can't That's the other possibly. thing. It's that mentality of, well, I've got my house now. 
gonna you can come stay here. in my house forever. <laughs> or I've got a, I've got a car. Yeah, but you bought your car in 1985. Still got a car. <laughs> I'm just going to hold on to this car. See, I kind of, I like how resolute they are. I mean, there's something really nice in not being so wishy-washy and just being steadfast in what you have. I know. I think there's uh, there's a good balance to find where, um, you know, their generation is very much kind of, um, I am who I am. Yeah. Take take me as you do. I'm not changing. That's what that generation is like. For all the flaws, that's kind of the truth. And then ours is something's broken. I'm not going to try and fix it. I'll go and buy a new one. <laughs> yeah, you know no, I, mean? so, I will acknowledge that something doesn't work, but instead of actually spending time to make this work, try and I'm going to keep moving on. I'll get, I'll get another one. Or maybe it's still within warranty. I don't know. The, 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 we, yeah, we go to Walmart, get another one. Well, here's my uh. question. What do your... So you went to school for art, right? Uh-huh. Like um, traditional arts, like painting. No, it, was, it was it was a college where I yeah uh, I, I took subjects that I enjoyed. So I did uh, I did performing arts, okay, a bit of acting. That's okay. what my sister says, and then um, uh, and then uh, history of art, okay, and then graphic design, okay. So she was <laughs> she was like, oh, so you do a bit of acting, bit of drawing, bit of painting. <laughs> I was like, yeah, pretty much. So you just went to like child school. You yeah, went to was, preschool for an adult. <laughs> I, was, I was never really the adult, uh, the the academic of the family. I uh-huh. just I wanted to do stuff where I could kind of express things. But more. now, what does your sister say about what you're doing now? Oh yeah, they're all they're all super proud, and also also the fact that I can I'm working here. They can come and visit if they want to, which is great. And I just they like don't it. see them that much. Yeah, they love it. Do they watch the show? Yeah. Do they yeah. ever give commentary, feedback, positive, Actually, negative? Uh, yes, the. They have watched the show, but I have to sit there. I mean, because You're the Worst is incredibly naughty well, sometimes. That's what I mean. I'm I say like, naughty, but there's other words I could use. But it's, yeah, um, it's, it's, it's not great for a middle-aged that's mother what I'm, like, I'm trying to figure out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's, yeah. For, it's for moms, not your own mom. <laughs> not your own moms. moms. <laughs> yeah. I know. That's when sometimes I get stopped by, uh, like... People gonna... that are the same age as my mum going, love your show. <laughs> like that. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> which, which... Well, that's what I was going to ask too is the I, – I, I'm always fascinated about like the worst – or not worst, but just the most um, standout moments that you've had with someone that stopped you in uh, in real life. Yeah, it's very it's probably – I mean, this is – it's a serious one, really, but I think because we we tackled a depression storyline in, right. in season two, and uh, the amount of response, positive response, and openness. Yeah, I think you start a conversation. You start a conversation. I think everyone's initial aim when it comes to talking about mental health or talking about um, depression in any way is your your first advice is to talk about it. Right. Talk to someone about it, and. Uh, Take away all stigma and and just use intelligence and communication to to better your situation. Mm-hmm. And um, that humbles me so much that people would stop and go, "I had some troubles, and your show really helped." And that's like the most rewarding thing, especially from a comedy. Um, right. <clears throat> it's um, uh, of course it was brilliantly written, but I just I, it allowed people to realise that they're not alone in uh in any sort of condition that they feel they might have right and um and that's like the true kind of i think 
business of art is to allow people to not feel alone, mm -hmm. right? It's like to connect people on different levels and especially a show like that, that does have such a strong comedic element to be able to tackle something so serious and just like bring a conversation mm. to the forefront that makes people feel less uh, beholden or less like weighted down with their own troubles That's is right. so important. That's right. And it must have felt kind of bonkers to like create the like to to act in that world and yeah. to like have that weight of being like I want to make sure that this is the message is carried out correctly. This is a proper message and that that was you're the worst unfortunately we were nominated for awards but we never really won any awards apart from one which was the most rewarding one ever which was um, uh, a mental health organization gave us the award for the best television depiction of clinical depression ever and I was like sold yeah take your emmys yeah. that makes that makes sense yeah. to us because we worked so hard on that and i actually i really struggled that season because i i'm playing someone who really doesn't understand but as as me someone I that totally deeply understands understand. yeah uh yeah i'm i'm playing the majority of people who don't suffer from anything mm -hmm. in that i'm just trying to fix you that's all Jimmy was trying to do with Gretchen. He needed to fix her it's so that things could get back to normal. Mm -hmm. And when she explains to him that it doesn't work that way, I'm, I'm excited to speak to people who have been a partner of or a family relative of someone who's going through something mm -hmm. and see whether that season changed it for them. As yeah, well, that they that could see themselves in your character, that they understood where your point of view was coming from. Yeah. That yeah. there is no, there's no like bottom line. It's a it's a thing that continues, and our ability to manage that mm -hmm. is the the best achievement that we can all hope for. Yeah, I think manage is the best way to phrase that too, because it's not fixing, it's managing, mm -hmm. it's 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 handling, it's living with, it's yeah. you know all of that, and to be able to do that, but still retain like the the voice of the show and still retain the comedy and still like give the perspective that you guys give is like a true testament to everyone that works on the show. I mean, mm. like that's, I'm sorry for whatever you work on in the future. I know you're working on a Pokemon <laughs> movie. We're going to get to that in Which a second. Which is a tiny bit different. <laughs> I mean, if we want to go in on depression, let's talk about Pokemon yeah, right now. From clinical uh, depression to acting with tennis balls. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> no, but I think that's one of the greatest takeaways of the show that you guys get to like, you know, kind of, and it will take time to really uh, absorb the reverence of like how wonderful that is and the yeah. message that you guys gave to everyone else. But the, let's talk about Pokemon. Let's talk about Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's happening with this? Because <laughs> I'm obsessed. Do you play Pokemon Go at all? Uh, I, I did for a short while. And then I realized that everyone else in the world was playing it. And I, I hate to, I hate you to hate conform to... to <laughs> So what's the word? You know when people you are hate like, trends. Oh, yeah, like too like if basic. If anything's you don't like, want to oh, be basic. Let's get a Prius. Oh, I'm gonna get a Prius as well. No, <laughs> I would I would purposefully go out of my way not to join that gang. Oh, anyway, people really? are walking around. There was someone at my wedding uh, who was, <laughs> was playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> doing that. <laughs> we were we were all having the um, we're having uh, the group photo yeah. and. 
I will send this to you because it's hilarious. Oh. There's a group photo of all 150 guests and my cousin is doing that. It's <laughs> <laughs> just the, phone in the air in the looking photo. for like, Pokemon. Looking for Mewtwo. Where is he? <laughs> I can't... I always knew about Pokemon. I never fully appreciated the the scale of Pokemon. It's it's one, one of the point, most like long lasting brands I've ever, I mean, it's still to this. I mean, I, my brothers played it when I was younger and I, I was like kind of around it, but even now my friends play Pokemon go to an obsessive level. Same yeah. with your cousin. And it blows my mind that how long this brand has lasted with the strength that it does. Yeah. There was one day on set, we were in London uh-huh. and there was one day on set when, uh, all the creators arrived from Japan. Okay. And they all came over and it was, it was like meeting royalty. All the creators of Pokemon, of Pokemon. Yeah. came to set? Yeah, they came to set. Were you alerted of this or this just like... No, it was kind of written on the call sheet from the day before and I went, <laughs> right, okay. And there's this entourage of, and there's only, there's only, there's only like seven actors in the whole thing. The right, rest of it's it a very animated. small cast, yeah. Yeah, so, um... Obviously, Ryan Reynolds wasn't there because he's the he's a voice. He's the right. voice of Pikachu. So he wasn't there. So there's six of us with uh, a group uh, of these people who have created a life-changing franchise. And they, it was wonderful. They they gave us all a gift. And I was just overwhelmed. And they, <laughs> uh, uh, it was just a, um, it was a, uh, like a, Teddy, I was about to say teddy bear. It's not, it's a cuddly toy of Pikachu. Sure. And I got home and I was like, oh, this is really nice. And my son goes, ah, Pikachu, like that, and takes it out. And then I went, no. <laughs> Saved it because it's a special edition. Like there's only 150 of them in the world. Whoa. And we got one of them. So it's under lock and key. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere near it. But it was just funny that Freddie went, wee. <laughs> and also funny for Freddie that Daddy said, "Don't play with this <laughs> toy. With this, toy. Yeah. <laughs> this toy goes up there." No five-year-old. <laughs> no fun. You will understand that this plushie is important later on. I but that's it, nuts. That's really crazy. He's just—we've uh, only just started taking him to the to the theater, really, because now he's fully embracing movies. Sure. Um, I think he's going to have his mind blown a little bit next year when it comes out. Yeah, so it comes out in 2019? Yeah, I think it's uh, April or May next year. That's so exciting. And this yeah. will be... Will, will he understand that you, like, my dad is in... Like, does he compute Probably that? Probably not. not he, yet. Okay. He's, been, he's been brought up with the whole, um, you know, seeing videos of us on the phone or photos and all right. this kind of thing. So if he sees... Um, yeah, no, like, I was screen. in Modern Family in England. Modern Family was shown in England. I saw it, and Freddie came in. He was like, "Daddy, why are you wearing that?" <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't understand I'm playing character. He just sees me in different costumes. Right, right, right. These are home so, movies to him. Yeah, they're home oh. movies on the big screen. And who's that girl? Why are you kissing that girl? <laughs> <laughs> oh, all the very simple <laughs> questions that five-year-olds should answer about their parents. I'll explain to you later, but it's a great job, son. <laughs> Go into it. It's going to pay for university. Don't worry. It's all good. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we have Twitter questions for you, Chris, if nice. you will be so obliged. Yay. We'll be right back with more Not Too Deep. Not not, 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 not. 
Too Deep. Hello, beautiful listeners of the Not Too Deep podcast. Just a quick reminder from your hosts and the voice you've been listening to, Quack, up until now, that if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, please do so. And also, if you want to do us a really cool clutch favor go in on your subscription rate the podcast review the podcast it really helps us out it helps us get um just more awareness from people that wouldn't necessarily see us you know ratings and comments and buzz in general are really helpful so if you're enjoying this at all please leave your honest review we love to read them leave um a rating do all that fun stuff you know make your voice heard 2019 we're we're willing to listen ish we are back. Yay. Okay, Chris, before we get into Twitter questions, I'm mm-hmm. going to ask you the two questions I ask every single guest that is on the podcast. Mm-hmm. The first is who, alive or dead, would you most like to throw cold spaghetti at? Wow. I know. That's good. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Well, apart from certain political figures, uh, but I, <laughs> um, I I won't go there. I'm going to keep this not deep. Appreciate um, it. <laughs> I... I would, I would have to say, and it can be in a positive light. It yeah. can be celebrate, like celebratory. This is also- good. This is good, right? Because <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking of oh, people I've worked with, <laughs> stuff like that. You're going through your burn kinda... list in your head. Yeah, yeah a fan. I would say Gordon Ramsay. I think we haven't had that answer yet. Nope, that's because a new one. That's a great answer. He's very good at um, hi- uh, hypothetically throwing cold spaghetti in everyone else's face. Right. So I want to see how he feels. I <laughs> would love to see that. Yeah. He okay. probably complained about the pasta. Yeah, yeah he would complain <laughs> yeah. about the way you threw it. <laughs> you have some upsetting factor to it. Okay, the other question I ask everyone is to tell us your worst pants shitting story. Or like a close call, um, but you can only use three words or a small phrase. So like mine, for example, okay. is college, university, uh, jogging, front lawn. Okay, good. <laughs> I'll go um, first date. Oh, no. <laughs> velvet suit. Oh, no. Bus. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, there's so many textures to that story. <laughs> so many textures. Oh, well, no follow-up questions. Thank you so much for that. Um, I also love that you just immediately had a story in your register because some people don't, and it's a little I couldn't think unrelatable. of cold spaghetti, but pooping myself. Damn! <laughs> but pooping myself in velvet pants. I got a story for you. Um, okay, now let's get into these Twitter questions. Um, someone wants to know, were there any times on You're the Worst where you feared your character did something that went too far um, or that the audience would really turn on him? Uh, yeah, pretty much every day. Really? Yeah. <laughs> pretty much every day there was uh, uh, either a speech, either he said uh, said something or did something that I'm, you know, kind of going, no. Yeah, your inner um, monologue. Is. It was, it was, yes, every day because something was offenses, uh, offensive or misguided or something. And sure. I think that was the hardest part of the role to find a reason why, find some uh, humanity in there somewhere. Yeah. Because I knew the writers were so clever that they were going to explain why he behaved that way. Right. Why he said what he said. And I knew there was a, a, he says and does awful things, but he's not a 
bad human. Right. He's just uh, he's just the worst sometimes. So there's um, <laughs> he's not bad. He's just the worst. <laughs> the worst. He's not evil. He's not dangerous. He's just he, he just says and does stupid things because he's he's fed up with society. But um, I, yeah, I think um, my main job was to try and find a little bit of softness in that hard exterior. I think that's so important, especially in the age in which we live in right now and in America, uh, to say the least. So, um, I have, I've, I've adopted a new thing where I'm, I'm really trying to, and people, people annoy you on a daily basis. That's mm -hmm. just life. You annoy other people on a daily basis. That's just life. But if, if you have an opportunity to try and take a step back and go, is there a reason that they're doing that? then I think that can make you a better person. I think you can just, you know, Investigate. If, if, if someone goes, someone's right up your back in the in the traffic or whatever and they're beeping and all that, our, our human instinct is to fight back or to hate them. Yeah. And actually, yeah, some of the time they are just idiots. <laughs> but sometimes it's like, oh, what's gone on? I do, I wonder like, oh, has he had a really bad day? What's, yeah. What's going on there? I hope it gets better. <laughs> I don't know. That's a wonderful philosophy to yeah. live by. Um, I mean, if you want to spend this time off in between projects writing a book about, you know, self-help, I <laughs> might buy it. So just putting that out there. Uh, okay. Someone wants to know, if you could live in a fictional universe from a movie, TV show, or book, which would you choose? Uh, Back to the Future 2. Um, <laughs> straight off the bat. Back to the Future 2, the 2015 2015 version of Back okay. to the Future 2, you know, where there's hoverboards and everything's, uh -huh. everyone's flying. <laughs> uh, uh, flying cars and all those kind of things. I would love to, I would love to go there. I mean, let's be realistic. It's probably a good hundred years off any, anything that happened in that movie happening there. Uh -huh. But yeah, to hang out with Marty McFly in Hill Vale, Hill Valley um, from, uh, from 2015 would be Pretty dope. I think that should happen. Pretty dope. By the way, I say dope now. Yeah, definitely <laughs> I've been not in a America dad. A while. Definitely not a dad. <laughs> dope. <laughs> really okay. sound right coming from me, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, what a dope lunch. <laughs> uh. It makes me just hate my own voice. Um, oh, I have a question on top of that. If there was a, a reprise of uh, a movie or franchise that you would want to be in, um, what would it be? Uh, Home Alone. Really? Yeah. And you would play? I played the father. <laughs> Maybe there's a British home alone where it's all, uh, you know. <laughs> where oh, we were meant to be going to London, but we ended up in Manchester, something like that. But they, also I feel like the British home alone is like, he'll be fine. He'll be fine, <laughs> yeah. Just let him, he's yeah. got cans and tints, he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, he'll be good. <laughs> that whole world of uh, home alone, back to the future, that kind of thing, that's what I grew up on as, as real, as amazing. Shenanigans. Such shenanigans. <laughs> Up to no good. I love that. All these contraptions and uh, you yeah. Know, so you want to yeah. Uh, all the Goonies. Okay for that as well. I mean, I think all this should happen. Jack, yeah. can we put in some calls? Yeah, you happen? got it. A Thank remake you. of the Goonies would be would be insane. Yeah, there's an insane cast in that movie too. Yeah, like I forgot all of the like famous people in that. movie. I met Sean Astin at a thing a yeah. couple of years ago. We were playing bowling at an FX event, uh -huh. and everything that he's done, and you know, Lord of the Rings and everything. That's yeah. the one <laughs> movie. He's a Goonies guy. Yeah, he's the Goonies guy. Yeah, and that's amazing. And they look like Josh Brolin. Yeah, <laughs> Josh Brolin. Done. I know it's crazy. 
Yeah, amazing. Did you win at bowling? No, I'm heavily inconsistent at bowling, as I am with all sports. You know, I think that's the most relatable way to be about sports. Yeah, you don't want to be the best, you don't want to be the worst. You're that's just it. kind of just bang average <laughs> <laughs> at everything. Um, someone wants to know worst Friends character. Do you watch Friends? Mm-hmm. Okay, Phoebe. <gasps> Wow. Yeah, Phoebe's, Phoebe's audible fired. gasp. Why? <laughs> it's a tricky. There's a tricky dynamic here, right? Because okay. I've, I've started watching Friends a lot recently, probably because I've been hung over a lot recently because I've just finished it's the show. The best, <laughs> the best show. hangover show. Yeah, and I've started from the beginning. Uh huh. And I, I started doing this thing where I'm watching. I'm watching the first episode and the last episode and seeing how of different they are. Yeah. Okay. So I watched Cheers, Frasier. And friends. Oh wow! And looking at like how the cast has changed, how the production values have changed, all these all mm-hmm. over these many seasons. Anyway, I'm watching. I'm watching Friends. Phoebe. I mean, Lisa Kudrow is a fantastic actress. She's sure. Brilliant. And I love when she's being Phoebe. Phoebe. But when she's put with Joey, there's um, an interesting dynamic because they're both the kind of the funny ones and the quote dumb the, ones. The, the dumbish the, ones. The flighty, yeah. Yeah. Airhead but when ones. they're put together. Only one of them can really be the dumb one. Right, who's the straight man, yeah. So when she becomes the straight one, Uh I go, oh, no, I want her to become the silly one again. Mm. So that's the only one that jars with me a little bit. That's uh, so interesting. Is that dynamic between those two. But um, I I, I don't think you can dislike any of them. They're they're, they're like the Simpsons, you know. But I'd be so curious to watch the first and last episode of Friends because Ross, I feel like, as a character, starts like a normal human being, and mm-hmm. then becomes a full cartoon yeah. by the end of it. Like, he needs actual, like, therapy <laughs> help by the end of it, and no one is stepping in. I feel like yeah. they all just become narcissists. Ten years, and no one else went and sat on that sofa in Central Perk. It uh, was always just theirs. Uh, just, I mean, know. and Gunther, what a yeah. career trajectory. What a career. Absolutely <laughs> crushed it. What is he doing? Oh, uh, amazing. So, okay. Um, Someone wants to know, how do you like to eat pickles? Oh, right. Got a story about pickles. Oh. (laughs) I can't eat pickles anymore. Anymore. Uh, So there's a moment in time where you could. Our showrunner's wife and I were in New York for an event Uh and someone had just introduced me to picklebacks. Yeah, whiskey and pickle juice. And it is a magic trick in your mouth. It makes the whiskey go away. It just seems like you're tasting sour pickle juice. And when you wake up in the morning, it's like you've been punched in the head. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And since then, I I can't touch them. Because really? it reminds me. The PTSD like a, of the... Yeah, it's a yeah. sensory kind of like reminder of the worst hangover I've ever had. <laughs> really? Yeah. What's your go-to hangover cure? If um, you have one or... Soup. Soup? I love soup. <laughs> it's, it's... I mean, okay, can I just for future editing self get just a, that <laughs> clip of I love soup that I can use as the promo for this whole episode? I love soup. <laughs> Next up, we have a Chris Gear from You're the Worst. I love soup. It gets crazy. I mean, because you're, you're mixing it up, you've got different textures. Um, uh, and then, don't get me started on the, the accompanying bread. Whoa. What are going like a, like a French stick that's been... Um, a baguette? A baguette that's been kind of heated slightly. <laughs> Bit of crusty roll. Yeah, we're going to get flagged. We're Plus, gonna get it's really out. easy. It's yeah, super true. easy. Yeah. 
it's um quite possibly the easiest food of all time. <laughs> it's food put into a liquid so you can eat it without teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Simplicity. I'm putting stuff in my body. Um, okay. Oh, someone says, as a fan of You're the Worst and Pokemon Detective Pikachu, um, what would be Jimmy's favorite Pokemon? Uh, oh, nice one. Um, probably uh, Bulbasaur. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a big old thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a, but also, he's quite gruff, quite strong. Uh-huh. You know, um, there was a, uh, there was a, a day when we, we had to imagine all these different creatures. I, I had to do so much research. You did a lot with, you said the CGI tennis balls, like yeah. the Iron Man-esque kind of filming. Obviously, yeah. the, the Pokemons are all, all different shapes and sizes. Right, and so, I don't even, as someone that's grown up around them, I don't know how they equate to like real life. Like how big is a Bulbasaur? How big is a Pikachu? This is, this is all the, the questions that we were trying to establish. And right. so, uh, and obviously these things do not exist in reality. Sure. Therefore, they're just eye lines. So right. when we're looking at these things, and some are really thin and tall or small or massive uh-huh. or flying. Right. So uh, one of the scenes, I just remember the whole day I was literally going. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> and then a little little look over to um, my castmate to see whether they're looking at the same spot because you don't want to be like. <laughs> uh, turns out there's 10 of them that yeah. they're all looking at at once. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, you're looking down there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, that makes me even more excited. I can't wait. Um, (laughs) Just for that scene. Just, I want to see the scene that looks like you're having a seizure, but you're just trying to maintain eyeline the whole time. Um, Okay, Chris, we've come to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for making time for this. Um, But we like to give every guest that gives us their time a very personalized fortune cookie for being on the episode. So this is for you specifically. Thank you very much. Of course. Right. Got to break it. Sure. Show how strong you are. Wow, look at this. Mm -hmm. What's this one say? Um, I like soup. (laughs) (laughs) I know, Um, I wish. (laughs) <laughs> okay, and what do I do here? You can read it out loud Just, if you'd like right. to. Fuck off, but not in the playful British way, so it's not as offensive, right? Oh, my God, we're sorry. We take it back. Yeah, what a weird fortune. Wow. I mean, that's just for you. That's our thank you for being here. <laughs> thank you so much for having of me. Of course. Now, Chris, where can people find you online? Where, When is the show, uh, the last season premiering? When is- so uh, Modern Family is on... Uh, ABC. Well, that'll be over, but that's... Uh, but Modern so you Family's can go on back ABC. And, you can go back on ABC and watch uh, Modern Family. Yes, you can. Then mm-hmm. um, uh, FXX uh, mm-hmm. will be showing You're the Worst in January. Amazing. And there's 13 amazing episodes. And then Pokemon will be hopefully in the summer. Stay tuned, everybody. And go follow Chris on all of his social media platforms because he posts some interesting posts. Also, follow his wife who will be on an upcoming episode of Not Too Deep. <laughs> I cannot wait for Jen to be here. Thank you again, Chris, so much. Thank this you. is so fun. We'll see you guys next time on another episode of Not Too Deep. Goodbye. Too deep. Too deep. Too deep. Not too Not deep. deep. It's Grace Helbig. Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated, producer and directed by Jack Ferry. Producer and editor, Melissa D. Mons. Writing by Diane Kang. Production assistance by Katrina Henning. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. And an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music. <laughs> <laughs>